And I am recording, so... Yay! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Schmo Show. I'm the infamous Orion, and I'm a schmo. I'm Cairo, and I'm camping again. He's a... You're a, you're a mountain man there. Yeah, so adventurous in my camper. <laughs> if it gets too hot, I might have to go turn the air conditioning on. There you go. You're a real man's man, Chiral. Frontiersman, exploring unknown boundaries of human comfort. <laughs> yeah, my my folks have a camper that they go out in like every week, mm-hmm. and um. I always they always take their dog with them, and I always thought to myself that dog does not know what it's like to sleep on dirt. No. <laughs> My little Boston Terrier is just such a pampered princess. What's all this brown shit that isn't my shit? <laughs> oh man, how you been this week? Not too bad. Work kind of sucked, but what else is new? All jobs suck right now. Oh, I heard a great line so the uh what is it the democratic national convention's on right now and they they can't do it in person of course um so they're doing all of these like pre-recorded messages and there's a whole bunch of news stories about michelle obama had a, a bit in it i don't really care about that bernie sanders had a part and it's great what is this it? is like epitome of bernie sanders my friends i say to you and to everyone who support it's just like how much more bernie sanders can you get than that opening line the part that i love though is how he ended it with he said at the end nero fiddled while rome burned trump golfs damn holy shit that's great damn you know, it's almost a good thing that we didn't get him as the Democratic candidate so we can get four more years of spicy memes like that. Bernie is like a meme generator. He's so good at it. I don't even think he tries oh, yeah. most of the time. Well, he's just a passionate dude, you know? He is. It just, just works for him. You can, like, I'm going to say like right now, when Trump is passionate, he's a meme generator as well. So it's very obvious to tell when, like, politicians are passionate nowadays and what leads to that right i guess that's true because um i keep thinking about that one meme of him saying you're not supposed to do that there's that new one though too with uh some interview he did oh yeah where he hands the guy the piece of paper and he just looked at him like he's the biggest dumbass ever uh (laughs) it brought back one of my favorite old school memes for that one um he hands him a picture of dick butt Yes. Uh, isn't that the... I'm trying to remember the one where Dickbutt came from. Because if I remember right... God, this was a long time ago. Um, It was the meme where the guy has, like, one last sheet of paper that he can write with. Yeah. And he draws Dickbutt on it. <laughs> yes. Let me see if I can find this. God, no, your meme should have it, but I don't think they do. Notable. No, they don't. Dick butt in spore. Oh, God, that's cursed. <laughs> I see this now. Alright, let me uh screen grab this. Okay, yeah, please, because I just bad. almost made the mistake of putting dick butt in my Google search bar. 
<laughs> Screen snap. So, this is from... Have you ever played Spore? I played Spore, yeah. I had the DS version of it. Mm. It was kind of garbage. I, I, I mean, I had the computer version too, but my computer couldn't run it. Yeah, that was really like challenging on computers at the time. That was. is horrifying. <laughs> it's terrible. That is haunting my dreams. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm gonna scroll up so I don't have to look at it. Yeah, don't look at it. Don't give it the time of day. Oh God. So, anything eventful happening this week? Oh wait, I actually might have found the uh, the first comic. The first comic. And I am right where it comes from. It's from a comic from Dick Book. Dick Book comes from a comic called Tree, You've Been Good to Us. Oh, God. Oh, it's so tiny. Is, is it, um... Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a man standing with his tree, not his tree, a tree, and he says, tree is almost dead. He says, tree, you've been so good to us. All the air and paper you give us, that stuff's great. Well, and then the, the Lorax comes up and he says, Well, don't you think you've been taking too much and giving too little, you nature rapist? Gosh, Lorax, you might be right. Then Gorax says, Bleh. I promise, Tree, I will not let a single piece of paper made from you go to waste. Next frame cuts to dick butt written on a piece of paper and the man starts sweating. Whoa. That actually works in That's context. where dick butt came from. Yeah. <laughs> and it just turned into a meme from there. Oh, God. I feel bad for when my dad eventually watches this thing. He's like, what the hell is dick butt? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. So, yeah, this week. What happened this week? I don't even know. It's been a slow week. That's about a little bit of... I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't. There's been so much going on in uh, Belarus that's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Did you hear about what's going on there at all? Nope. God. Uh, so Belarus has been... Oh God, how long has he been the president? Oh, okay. Alexander Lukashenko is the current president of Belarus. He was first serving 26 years ago since July 20th of 1994. Uh, and he is very solidly a dictator at this point. I haven't looked into it enough to know how he came to be president, if he was legitimately elected or not. But today, he is absolutely full-on dictator to the extent where they had their elections this past month i think it was in july they normally have them and there was so much garbage going on with uh, the election that made it stand out as fraudulent from the start we talked about it a little bit but there was uh one polling center that had 143 percent turnout there were reports of workers at polling centers like literally leaving out the back door with uh like bags like garbage bags that appeared to be full of ballots um the vote ended up going like 80% to him or something like that, which I, I didn't remember what the math on it exactly was, but the way it worked out is that it was statistically impossible for that to actually happen. Um, so the whole thing just stunk. And ever since then, there's been massive protests, like tens of thousands of people marching on the Capitol calling for his resignation. And this week hasn't seen much actually happen, but there's been sort of a a sliding down i guess you could say where a lot of 
other institutions have started to side with the protesters. So about a week ago, there was um, some reports going around of the police security that were guarding the palace, who were in like you know like full riot gear with shields and stuff, um, just not doing their job and starting to just like join and hang out with the protesters. So like that's not great. I heard uh, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday that the state media had started broadcasting an empty studio because none of them wanted that was like their way of protesting is just like we just won't broadcast anything that's funny and shortly after that there started to come out of reports of uh, lukashenko reaching out to putin asking for russian military assistance why is it always putin is in all this <sighs> so belarus is part of the former USSR. Okay. So Russia and I don't, I don't know if allies is the right word, but politically they've been in the same sphere. And Putin, of course, is looking to you know start up the USSR again. He's been pushing for that for a while. I wouldn't. I mean, having like you know Russian Russians at all come in just seems like a huge mistake for them, though, because you know. If your own army can't deal with protesters to the fact where you need to call in a foreign, foreign army, how are you then going to get that foreign army to leave? You just don't think that far ahead. They apparently, He apparently isn't. Because he's, and he's really not thinking far ahead. Because yesterday, he apparently had an interview where it was like, at the start of the day, he basically said, the only way the protesters will get rid of me is if they kill me. <laughs> And by the end of the day, that it turned to, well, maybe we'll hold a referendum. Wow. So he, he, he did a quick turnabout there. What a chad. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. If only we were that organized. <laughs> God. I, I went back home, like, recently, and I mm -hmm. forgot how much I was in, like, conservative country yeah i'm getting that a lot too yeah i don't like in my normal day-to-day -day, i see you know a few signs you know on the road for like trump biden and or trump biden jeez, trump pence signs and stuff like that yeah but it's there's so many of them when you get out of like the city yeah, it's kind of crazy. It makes me wonder if it's like just this giant feedback loop of they see their neighbor do it, and they're like, hell yeah, I'm joining in on it. I don't know. It's going to be... It's not great. I've seen so much weird stuff, like, over... Like, on our way back home today, um, my girlfriend and I, we passed by a car that had, like, a million Trump bumper stickers on it. <laughs> And I was kind of wondering, just like, who paid you, or how much did you pay for those stickers? Because there's a lot of money somewhere around that. I want to know who it went to. Hmm. Right. I was hearing today. Apparently, uh, there's been some issues with Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, there we are. Yeah, three of her producers apparently were fired today. Really? After speaking out, yeah. Well, okay. So I'm going to let people know something. Uh media production people talk and we you know we listen to each other and i have never heard any good things about the ellen show from a production side 
Right. That and I hadn't heard anything about the show, but that's what I've been seeing a lot of. People who are just like, yeah, for people who know, this is not surprising. Yeah. Um, I've always known, I think I've known for a couple of years now, because like, um, back when I was in college, I was just researching what the production on different shows were like, because I wanted to know mm-hmm. like where I would want to work if I could work on a big production. Right. And everybody always said, don't go work on Ellen. Ellen is the worst. Ellen, they've said a lot of bad things about Ellen herself. Right. That's what I've been hearing a lot of is that apparently she's just like really mean she is very mean just a massive ass off camera yes yeah and it's the kind of thing where i've been wanting to tell people that but i knew for a fact and like i'm just some dude who's never even worked on ellen i only have hearsay on my side so i could never relate these stories to people because for all i know they are unsubstantiated but the fact that all this like ellen gate is happening right now doesn't surprise me Yeah, and reading through this article, there's actually a bit more to this than I thought, because I'd always been hearing stuff like about the culture of the show and the people who coordinated it. Um, specifically, I heard about this racism stuff yeah. that people were speaking out about. Uh, but apparently there's also sexual harassment issues, and that's what these three people were fired for, was for alleged sexual harassment and sexual assault. Yep. Which, I mean, also doesn't surprise me, but... No, I've heard about it. Um, it was like all, like, it was on Reddit that I first heard about these bad Ellen incidents. And of course I wasn't going to take Reddit as a credible source, but so yeah. Um, how much longer do you think the Ellen show is going to stay on? Indefinitely. I mean, the, 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 the Alex Jones show is still on. I mean, if that can't get killed by what's happened with all that, I don't know what you can do to kill a show at this point. (laughs) Is Ellen the Alex Jones of the left? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no. That's probably not a fair comparison because I don't think she outright, like, lies. That's true. For, and what she talks about on air, she's just a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what a good comparison for the Alex Jones of the left to be. I'm sure there's some, like, niche garbage out there. Oh, yeah. Of conspiracy theories and fucking protein shakes. I'm 100% certain it's probably on YouTube of all things. Probably. That would make sense. Because I'm going to say it right now. I believe there's conspiracy theorists on both sides of the field. Left and right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally is. That was one of the things that I was actually hearing about. Uh, It sort of was like a little introspection kind of a bit. Where there's all this stuff with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And, you know, did he kill himself? What did he do? What did he actually die from? Blah, 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 blah. And now with Ghislaine Maxwell being in prison and trials starting, there's been even more speculation and stuff. And particularly when her, not her, when the judge who was overseeing some, like, secondary case had, there was an attack at her house where someone was apparently trying to cause her harm and ended up killing her husband and severely injuring her son, from what I remember. And everyone, like, immediately from the start, it's like, oh, this was a botched assassination attempt, and this is, you know, the deep state coming stuff up. And it's just like, except it's it's not. It turned out it was just a guy who she had apparently actually uh, issued judgment against in the past, and was, like, set to go to prison or some shit. And it was 
completely almost not not boring. I mean, it was still horribly tragic, but completely unrelated to Maxwell at all. Yeah. But in the comments of this, you see all these people who are just like, oh, well, you know, the guy's still turned. They must have seeked him out and found out who he was. And it's just like, I eventually, you know, because up to that point, it's just like, yeah, okay, I can I can buy that up to this, you know, sure. And then someone's just like, you know, if a Republican was saying this, what do you guys think they would look like? How fast would you be snapping back at them with how much bullshit this is? And I was just like, damn. They're not That's wrong. actually pretty accurate. You're not wrong, because this is completely unsubstantiated. There's no proof behind this at all. But because it's related to Epstein and Maxwell, everyone was just eating it up. Well, yeah, because everybody's romanticized, not romanticized, idealized, but they romanticize the concept of this secret shadow organization that's bigger than we'll ever know. Right. Like, all we know at this point, and we do know something, so it's not complete garbage. We know Maxwell and Epstein were part of an international child trafficking and sexual abuse ring. Yep. We know that. Anything outside of that at this point is, to an extent, a conspiracy theory in, like, the actual definition of the word. Yeah. I mean, you hear people yell that the Clintons are in on it, Trump's in on it, because they're, like, friends and whatnot. As much as, you know, we have our political biases towards those people, it's unsubstantiated claims, and we can't make those judgments based off fucking photos. Exactly. Unfortunately, because either one of those two, I would believe. Right, and I mean, even, like, think about how long of a period of time this is. The Clintons have been in politics for the better part of 40 years now? Yes. Like, how long ago was Bill Clinton president? That was in the mid-80s, and he had a political career before that. Yep. You know, the Trumps have been a very wealthy family in the U.S. for the better part of the last hundred years yeah definitely a century so the idea that any of them would happen to cross paths with a person whose entire you know operation is get children for rich people to sexually assault that's gonna happen eventually oh of course they're gonna be in the same circles so just having a picture like that is next to meaningless at that point oh yeah well, I like <clears throat> I think of it along the lines that I had a friend who um his father was like one of the worst sexual abusers in all of Michigan history. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I was associated with that family and fuck, I don't do shit. Um my friend didn't doesn't do shit. He's just a kid. The wife didn't know shit. The dad was just a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And they're so good at hiding it. You know, I had this morbid idea, though, with the whole uh, Maxwell case going on right now. What's that? If we start taking bets on people she will out um, and get caught in connections to this ring, <laughs> and how long till she gets uh, suicided. Start a Super Bowl pool. That's exactly it. <laughs> I've been staring at my whiteboard this whole time like, okay, who do we think? Do we want to put Ellen on the list? Do we put the Clintons on the list? Oh, that's great. Andrew. Can't, can't leave him out. Yep. It would just God. be absolutely... It's like the most morbid thing ever, but it's really funny. Yeah. It's hilarious, though. I, I mean, it is. Down with the obligarchy. Obligarchy. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oligarchy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's one of those that it's like... 
I've seen it enough in yeah. like books and stuff, but I don't actually know what uh, it means. It's like just a form of government where the upper class rules. <laughs> oligarchy, a, gover- a country governed by an oligarchy. Thank you, Google, for the definition. See, that's how you know they're in on it. <laughs> uh, a small group of people having control of a country, organization, or institution. So yeah, that's about right. There's probably a slightly better term for it, but I think that goes close enough. Yeah. I mean, with English, though, you can like find a better term for anything. Huh. I guess technically, like, this is an interesting point. Most countries today are oligarchies. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say the even, United States... Not even, like, in a... Like... Like, conspiratorial sense, just because there are prime ministers and presidents that wield almost absolute power, even if it's for limited periods of time, they still have that power only to themselves. Yeah. Well, I would definitely say, like, Congress and, you know, the Senate um, president and ours are mm-hmm. the oligarchy of our country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But... That's also why our country is so cool, because literally they're all individuals of power, but they can't have all the power to themselves. Right. That's how our... Unless you're Mitch McConnell. Yes. Or Trump, because Trump keeps trying to take more power. Mostly Moscow Mitch. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally Mitch. Senate Majority Leader, you know, Mm. nothing really gets done without uh, giving Mitch his cocaine. Honestly, I feel like that would be one of the best things to see out of this next election would be to see Mitch McConnell get taken out. I I know he never will until he dies, but that would be amazing. Yeah. I want to see him get voted out of his own district so bad. You know they aren't going to do it, though. I'm sorry. No, I'm almost certain they won't. Well, Mitch McConnell's a household name. I don't name. know. He is. And people don't know why he's a household name. He's a piece of shit. Mitch McConnell. He's not a piece of shit. He's a talented rat that can speak English and Russian. <laughs> yep. That's my favorite joke I've ever made about Mitch McConnell, and I will keep saying hey. it to the end of this day and these days. Hell yeah, Amy. So if you look up Mitch McConnell polling results, I'm sure there's a bunch of these that it's all SEO'd. Um, you get an ad for Amy McGrath for Senate defeat Mitch defend democracy. That's amazing. Hell yeah, McGrath. Let's see. No. Do you think we'll ever get like a Vice style movie about Mitch McConnell? Have you ever seen the movie Vice? Well, no, I have not, but I know what it's about. Okay, that kind of a movie. I hope so. Because I could totally see him like after Mitch McConnell is out of politics for a while, a Vice style movie about his career would be really great. Uh, June thirtieth. Apparently, there was a poll where McGrath had a very slight lead over McConnell. Nice. It's going to be interesting. We got to move to Kentucky, Chiral. Aw, <laughs> oh, heck. Aw, oh, heck. I love when you look at Kentucky's, like, uh, gerrymandering, like, zones. Oh, my God, yeah. How it's, like, it's very predominantly red, but the blues are, like, so much more dense. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what they do. They do the they pack them all together. Yeah. So the it dilutes, dilutes, dilutes. Whatever, whichever it is, fucks it up. Diffuses. No. Did they? Oh. It's it's bad. Yeah. 
Um, what was the word I'm looking for? They did a map of the United States where you can connect New York C- City to L.A. with non-rectangular uh, districts. Yeah, I don't doubt that. It's probably the whole goddamn thing. Oh, yeah. It literally can cross every state between. I mean, so here's the thing, though. And this is the part that makes uh, making voting districts so challenging because you can't you shouldn't just have rectangles over areas no because major cities aren't just rectangles so you need to have clear and accurate boundaries that allow for the best representation of certain groups in that area there's one in particular that i heard of i think it's in the chicago area of illinois that is ridiculed to death because it looks like a pair of earmuffs where there's this super skinny bit that connects these two long and skinny like chunks and everyone's just like oh this is clearly such awful gerrymandering this shouldn't exist and if you actually look at it it's a huge victory for people who want to use the drawing of political districts for like their intended purpose because what it actually does is it connects two predominantly latino communities in a way that gives them a single representative at the state and federal level that if they weren't connected they would have zero representation that is badass so it's really cool, and it looks like bullshit if you just like glance at it, but it's a huge deal, and it makes it really hard to do these sorts of things right. Because there's, you know, how many other places have small minority groups that just still deserve representation? Yeah. Plenty. But if you just say rectangles the whole country, it very much so. I, yeah, it's more about the content of each uh, district. Right, yes. Then you have North Carolina, who just openly admits in court that, oh no, our districts aren't gerrymandered to discriminate on the basis of race. They're gerrymandered to discriminate on the basis Hell of politics. Yeah. And that's perfectly legal somehow. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's fucked. Vote, kids. That's all I can say. Actually... Go home, do research on candidates, and then vote. I honestly couldn't care what side you vote for as long as you are voting for someone that actually knows what they're doing. I absolutely agree. Vote for the person who supports your interests. Like, more people need to do that. There's a lot of talk about, you know, like, you know, vote for the party that, you know, you closely align with. No. Fuck that. Vote with the person who is going to give you individually the most benefit. Because most people, I don't think, do that. I think there's a huge number of people that vote based on political affiliation alone without looking at any of the policy, without even thinking about how it might benefit or even harm them. And that's just so Um, fucked up. If I can share a little story about what I did at the polls recently... um. Uh, my district right now has a lot more Republican representation than Democrat ones, um, to the point where there's multiple Republicans mm-hmm. running on each ballot. And since we're Michigan's a one, like, what is it? Like, what's the name of the thing we have where we can only vote? For- right. Uh, for primaries, we can only vote in a, uh, 
what would it be? Uh, we can only vote for a pl- in a political party's primary if we are registered with yes. that political party. So if you're a registered Republican, you can vote in the Republican primary. If you're a registered Democrat, you can vote in the Democratic primary. If you're not registered with either side, if you're an independent, you yes. can't vote in either. Um, I pretty much just went there just to learn the names and do my research. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of messed up. Yeah, it's definitely a problem, especially in smaller elections where there's even some of them where there's like one person running and there's literally not even a vote. Have you ever thought about running for a local office? Same. I have. I don't know what I would run for exactly, but I've definitely thought about it. It would have to be something that I feel very passionate in. It would have to be a community I also feel very passionate about as well. Like, um, you know, Olivet, how Lauren Barlin Moss. Yeah. I did. I had a, I saw a job opening that I applied for. There's no way in hell I'm going to get it, but I applied for it anyways, because that's what you do. Um, but it was an opening at the department of agriculture and rural development for a, it's technically a chemistry position, but it's just as much a public relations position. And from the description, it sounded like whoever gets the job would basically be doing like what uh, uh, Fauci has been doing at the federal level. But they would be making and presenting cool. recall notices for the state of Michigan. I was just like, hell yeah. Like, there's so much about that. I like, I like doing public Same. presentations and speaking like that, like on that scale, you know, one to one kind of sucks. But to a moderately yep. sized group easiest shit of my life i can do that all day um i'm doing it about something that i'm knowledgeable about and that i care about which is you know chemistry and public safety so that's cool and then from there that opens up so many like political opportunities to like completely sidestep around like local elections and stuff you know from there if you're in that role for like 10 years you could probably run for any state position anywhere in the state and have a decent shot of getting it just from name recognition I've so no way in hell I get the job though because I mean they say oh we only want a bachelor's degree and four years of experience so well, I don't have four years of experience but I don't know how they expect anyone with only four years of experience you know to do I think that that's it sounds like the kind of thing okay that should be run by a team of people bullshit on every single job application thing ever wanting years of experience on anything it is absolute mm. garbage and everybody knows yep. that. You can have years of experience in doing something, but if they do something slightly different than what you're used to, you might as well be starting from zero. Um, Especially in like, as we get into more and more modern eras with software, because I can have, you know, 10 years of experience somewhere, but if I don't know how to use your software, I'm basically just a new hire. And I just don't understand. I know it's probably just some HR thing so they can just show it to the, the, you know, the CEO or something and be like, yeah, this is the kind of person we're looking for. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Because I'm sure another part of it is it 
it's a way for them to, you know, quickly cut people out. If they put out a job application, they say, we want four years of experience. And they get 100 people to respond. Yep. Well, they're not going to interview 100 people, so they take anyone who doesn't have that four years and they cut them out off the start. I'm sure that's a... Which is the job market right now is garbage. But... Yeah. Is what it is, I suppose. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I have horror stories. One bit. I was looking for a job in media near me. Nearest ones in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus. I wonder though, if that would be something that you. It could depends on the software. Do remotely. Like, how easily could you do that? Because I could argue right. you could I probably do true. a lot of things remotely nowadays. And um. You know, I don't know if you watch Wood TV well, around right. here, so but I, um, yeah, Bill Steffen, the weatherman, he's uh, broadcasting entirely from his house alone. Not so much. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did hear about that. I've seen a couple of news, uh, not necessarily on Wood TV, but when the whole coronavirus started, I definitely saw people who were broadcasting from their house. Yeah. I mean... Ten- right. Yeah, I mean, technically, that's what we're doing right now. Radio, or any anything for that matter. Yeah. Um, I heard one of the positions at the place my mom works has actually been having trouble finding a qualified candidate in the area, and they started opening it up to virtual people, and like half of what they do is like client relations. So if they think that you can manage and interact with you know, actual people and clients at that kind of distance. Like they had, really cool. I think I heard they had someone from uh, Kansas apply for the job that they were considering. You know, if you can do a job like that remotely, what can you not do remotely at that firefighter? As long as it's just internet and software, everything else is secondary. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when you get like the Mars rover, really like, robots. long hose. Mm-hmm. I Boston Dynamics, get on it. It'd be pretty badass, actually. They would be the only ones I trust with that. Yes. Yep. No, yep. I did not. Did you hear that Michael Reeves has started streaming? I didn't really realize this because I only follow him on YouTube. I started to follow him on uh, Twitter, but it was a bit too shit posting. Yeah, there's got to be taste. a balance. Like too too much shit posting all the time, kind of a thing. Like I enjoy, I enjoy a good I yes. enjoy a good shit post every once in a while, but constantly just gets really tiring. Um, and apparently he joined some streamer house. What's it called? Some streamer house. Uh, that you know he had a pretty funny video he did for their channel where he talked about why he decided to do it, and it was basically he basically <laughs> said I needed test subjects, and now I have what seven of them that I can use all the time. Which is, you know, perfect Michael Reeves. But apparently he started streaming. And part of his stream... Sometimes he does, like, gaming stuff. But sometimes it's also actual, like, him designing and building robots. And he's started to get stupid numbers of people watching his streams. His very first stream, he had 25,000 people watching him. 
apparently within like two weeks, he had more subs than most of the people at the streamer house though, who had been streaming. Michael's got for, a like, very years. unique niche. It's crazy. Like, yeah, absolutely. And for him to start streaming makes a ton of sense because you know he puts yep. a video out every month or two, and everything in between that's just no income at all. So now he can do some streaming, and he's basically just recording himself in the process, and he gets more money, food? so he doesn't have to worry about, you know, food. I'm convinced Michael Reeves does not eat. What's he just that? nearly sustains himself on the tears of people he's infected. No. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. There was something... Was, oh, yeah. Speaking of streaming... Have you seen the new Battle Royale that's on the block? Mm. Yes. Is it the Fall Guys one? I I <laughs> I've tried to see some people stream it. Yeah. It I've only like really on watched YouTube highlight reels. All the servers kept crashing. Um so a lot of brands so. have been trying to get in on the Fall Guys because it's the new hit yeah. thing. And Fall Guys just posted this thing onto Twitter saying Okay, we're going to have a contest. If your mm-hmm. brand donates the most money to this charity, then we'll work with you. That is... <laughs> yeah, it's literally using capitalism nice. against itself. I can respect the hell out of that. That's great. So, when's the magic number of, like, yeah. donation money versus profits you'll get from advertising with Fall Guys? Oh, did we talk about the Fortnite ban? <laughs> So Fortnite apparently changed the in currency like V Bucks uh, so, yes. um totals to make them cheaper. And Apple kicked Fortnite off the Apple store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay, yes, I heard about I heard yeah. sort of about And then this. Apple has Epic proceeded has to ban all the Epic games off their app store. Yeah. And I think Google's done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, I'm pretty sure. Epic I don't know whose side I'm too. on. Which is, it's kind of crazy, though. I'm 100% on Epic side. Um, both Google and Apple take a 30% cut of all everything, all revenue from stuff on their stores. And what that means is that for a lot of companies where they don't use, you know, Apple or Google's payment tools already, they get just completely screwed over because they, you know, Google just says, no, we won't put your app on our store because we can't make money off of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Apple's the same way too, of course. Um, So apparently this could be like a court case that actually officially decides whether or not they can actually do that, if they can take anything at all. And, I don't know, it'll be interesting, because I feel like at the same time, it's important for devs to be able to have their freedom to, you know, use whatever payment methods they want to use and get stuff like that. But if at the same time, it turns out that Google and Apple can't charge, you know, make their money through those means what's that going to end up meaning? Because are they going to just start charging? I think I'd rather pay an upfront price than have 30% of all my profits taken. 
don't know. Right. But if you're a small dev, if you're a small dev and that you can't afford true. that price up front, then you I'm, don't. It makes me wonder if that would affect how microtransactions transactions are put into games that. nowadays. Yeah. It might. I don't know either. But yeah, I, at this point, really either way know. you look at it, you can see it as like a predatory tactic, or you can see it as Google just trying to defend their platform. Yeah. Depends on the judge, I guess. Yep, 100%. Right. That is that is definitely also true. And, yeah. I think this is going to be something to, like, to keep an eye on, but... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this is, like, you know, we don't get a decision for years. Because that's how a lot of these go. Probably in our 30s, and they make a decision, and it won't even matter anymore. <laughs> Does it ever scare you that we're closer to yeah. 30 than 15? Uh... Not so much. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I feel like I'd rather be closer to 30. I've been kind of just enjoying aging and getting smarter and wiser with my age. And then I just kind of realized I'm not at the point yet where my physical body is going to start deteriorating. Mm -hmm. Then I might sing a different tune. Yeah, I don't know, though. I feel like we still got... That's one of those things that it's... I feel like for a lot of people that's probably true, but I think a lot of people just don't take care of themselves. Because I know plenty of, you know, seen plenty of things where, uh, you know, there's actual, you know, you're maybe not competing at the same level you did before when you were younger, but people still compete into their 50s and 60s and 70s. You know, how fucking old is Tom Brady? Oh, God. God. He's a dinosaur. He is. I think he's in his 40s. <sighs> Oof. He's 43 years old. And he can still kick your ass. And he somehow... <laughs> he still somehow doesn't have a pile of mush for a brain. What you don't know is that... So, yeah. Tom Brady... Um, has different brains put him in, into him. He's just a shell. <laughs> he just never had brains to start with. I'm looking up who the world's oldest athlete is. Gary Player at 73 years old for golf. Damn. Uh, Gordon Howie, 69 years old, for ice hockey. Nice. The people who are still actively playing? Uh, yeah, they're by sport. Um, right. They say what year they retired as well, if they did retire. Um, Association football. Eads Eldon Balder, 75 years old, and he's still active. Damn. Um... Auto racing, Herschel McGriff, 90 years old, and he just retired in 2018. Like, I guess this is the oldest age they were before they uh, quit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I buy it. That makes sense. Ooh. I know there's some people in uh, even esports who are pushing into their 50s now. Oh, that I can see. Okay. Mixed martial arts. This is probably the most, like, Hurdy of them all. Oh shit! Skip yeah. Hall, sixty-four years old. Oh god, track and field. Ready? Yes. Stanislaw Kowalski at one hundred and ten years old, still active. It's pretty crazy. I I I can't get over that. That's pretty impressive. 
Uh, I'm looking over the Skip Hall guy's uh, record for martial arts. Even though he's old, he doesn't exactly have the best win-loss record. He is also uh, the Kowalski guy. Oldest living man in Poland at the moment. I'm just reading about a an, an interesting case here. A federal judge in Oregon has upheld a $925 million damages verdict in unlawful robocall case. Hell yeah! Apparently a... This is a Michigan-based company, RIP. Uh, Vesalis Inc. placed nearly 2 million robocalls to potential customers. I think that's bullshit, but whatever. They placed nearly 2 million of these robocalls, and uh, under the... Uh, Telephone Consumer Protection Act, it found that these were in violation of that, and each violation carries a $500 penalty. Nice. So, $500 penalty for 1,850,436 unlawful calls totals $925 million. So, hell yeah. We win. I really hate those things. They always call, like, most when I put my job uh, applications out. (laughs) <laughs> sorry real quick here um apparently the company argued in response that this was an absurd amount and it would be the death sentence for the company urged the court to reduce the damages to less than a dollar per call to pass constitutional muster so that would be a change from 925 million to less than 1.8 million literally less than one five hundredth of what it was before what does this company even they're do? saying they sold weight loss supplements and other related products. Okay, double that fee. They say that, yeah, they're in no position to pay an eight-digit judgment. They're not Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, or Google. It is a small direct sales company that sells nutritional supplements and weight loss products. It is no hard assets. All it possesses is a network and a brand. And I love that they say it would be the death sentence for the company. No shit. That's the point. That's why we're doing it. We don't want you to do this. We want you to go away. You are an example. <laughs> Man. Wait, what? Vasalis's understanding of the limitations of damages imposed by due process implies that a constitutional penalty for a single violation becomes unconstitutional if the defendant commits the violation enough times. That's not how that works here's a good okay um judge wrote someone whose maximum penalty reaches the mesosphere only because the number of violations reaches the stratosphere can't complain about the consequences of its own extensive misconduct that's funny the court rejects the argument that companies that violate the millions sorry the court rejects the argument that companies that violate the law millions of times should get a volume discount on statutory damages (laughs) Love it. Oh, they're trying like, so Think hard. about how this would be if someone, like, killed a million people. Like, no, 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 no. I know I killed a million people, but let's be reasonable here. I don't deserve 900 million years in jail. I only deserve a fraction of that because of how good at it I was. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm a master of my art. I took a lot of time to get this good, and you're just going to have me throw it away in jail? so messed up the way i see it is you should be paying me because i could be doing so much more of my time right now and we both know it this is actually pretty cool so this is part of a class action lawsuit of about eight hundred thousand people and i'm sure the lawyers are going to take a huge chunk off the top but 
even still, this is like a bunch of people were basically just going to get free money from this. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good on them for pushing this through. Proud of them. <laughs> uh, unrelated, but in Magic the Gathering Arena, um, they have re-released, remastered, I guess is the word they would want used, uh, Amonkhet, the Amonkhet block. And part of that comes with their fancy, like, digital card styles that they have as, like, alternate arts. <laughs> and, uh, people are starting to make shit posts out of them. Good. This is the first time that we're getting, at least for Arena, cards that already existed before and are being re-released with like different i don't it's not it's the same art but with these like holographic 3d-ish effects on them what else do i got Hmm. All right. Do we want Molly or Trump pardons? Oh God, I know exactly what the Trump pardons are. <laughs> we'll do Molly real quick. This this is a short. Okay. One. Um. So apparently, there's been multiple reports right now that uh, President of Mali, Ibrahim Boubacar Keita has been arrested or seized in some way by what appears to be mutinying soldiers. Okay. So there's not a lot known right now about this. It appears to be some sort of a mutiny, allegedly by a a pay dispute, but this is pretty new, so not a lot is known. But yeah, it's uh, interesting. Might go somewhere, might go nowhere. Maybe it'll go everywhere. Could be. This is where the world revolution begins. In Mali. In Mali. First Mali, then the world. Of course. If you can take over Mali, you can take over the world. <laughs> uh, so, Trump apparently pardoned Susan B. Anthony today. Yep. <laughs> which is... A deep and surprisingly nuanced action. I don't know how I feel about it. So apparently he said she was never pardoned. What took so long? I, I guess that was on Twitter. Okay. It sounds like something he's on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and for the what took so long part, uh, apparently it turns out that the reason she may never have been pardoned was, for one, the fact that it happened in 1872, more than 100 years ago, so, you know, it's not exactly on the fronts of people's minds. Yeah. But apparently, she also was... Let me see, where is this? Kathy Hokul, New York's lieutenant governor, tweeted as the highest-ranking woman elected official in New York, and on behalf of Susan B. Anthony's legacy, we demand Trump rescind his pardon. She was proud of her arrest to draw attention to the cause for women's rights and never paid her fine. Let her rest in peace. Yeah, that's why I'm very not sure how I feel about it. Because, like... Yep. That... It was a means of protest for her. Yeah. It's... You can't retro retrograde you can't retroactively. retroactively that's it I don't know why I was thinking of retrograding retroactively 
make something woke. Yeah, exactly. That's like, it's honestly, it's the most half-assed thing you can do in that kind of subject matter. It is. Especially with all of the garbage going on with uh, the voting by mail stuff. Yes. It's like, so blatantly, look over here, sort of tactics. Yes. I mean, kudos to him, I guess. I mean... But that's not what she wanted. Honestly, at this point, I can't even begin to assume that this was not done with some sort of malice. Yeah. Or at least some sort of ulterior motive. You know, the point of this... There's been so many wrongdoings by the current administration that I have no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt that this was done out of, you know, general good spirit. Like, come on. Look at who you're talking about here. You're talking to the people that made the detournment camps. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, are we going to talk about that detournment camp uh, sexual abuse allegation? What? I didn't hear... What, what is this about? So, apparently at the sexual... Uh, not the sexuals. Uh, the Mexican internment camps. <laughs> okay. Um, The guards were systematically sexually abusing thousands of immigrant children. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. And no one's talked about it. Yep. Doesn't surprise me. QAnon is going all about trying to find the pedophiles. And, like, <laughs> there it is. All of them. Yeah. Literally. I, yeah. When I first heard about the detournment camps, the first thing I thought of were, yeah, that's going to lead to a lot of missing children. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the whole thing is just so fucked up. Like, front to back, top to bottom. It's fucked up. There's, I'm sorry. I, I can understand why you think detournment camps are a good idea, but they're not a good idea. They are never a good idea. Like, I... There needs to be a way to... Take the people who are trying to cross the border, get them into the U.S., and then process them. Yeah. Process them legally. You can't just... Legally, you cannot just turn them around and send them on their way. There is international law that the U.S. has signed on to in the wake of World War II, where if a refugee, a legitimate refugee, tries to enter your country, they don't have to stop at the first country they come to. They can go to the first safe country that they, the first country they believe is safe. And the whole reason for that comes from fucking World War II, where people tried to seek refuge in the first available country they could, you know, outside Germany, which didn't work out so great for a lot of them because, you know, how how many adjacent countries to Germany ended up being invaded? Literally all of them. All of them. At some point. <laughs> and in the wake of that, every nation in the world, at least at the time, basically, signed on to this agreement that said that we would not hold people to having to stop in the first nation they came to because that nation might not be any better for them. They might be just as at equal risk there as they were before. The problem is people don't know their history nowadays. <laughs> No, they don't. Like, there's reasons why we make these laws. Um, Germany was taking everything so much that they even made their way all the way to fucking Russia. Yeah. That's not, like, an understatement. That's a big deal that they made it all the way to fucking were, Russia. Right. They had from the Atlantic coast all the way to Russia at the peak of it. Yeah. And they had control all the way from, I guess it would be Denmark. They never really got into 
they had some allies in one of the Nordic countries, but they never actually invaded them. But they had control all the way down through Italy and the north of Africa. They like they had the north of Africa under their control. That they, like that's massive. That's some fucking Rome shit. They had the fucking Mediterranean. <laughs> you mean the Roman Lake? Yeah, basically. That is so big, and people don't give a fuck. They don't know what that means. No, they they really don't. Yeah, like um. Do you ever see memes about the real size of Africa version uh, versus uh, what we think Africa's size is because of the globe's like curve? I don't think I've seen any memes of it, but I know what you're talking about, though, with how globes are. Yeah, so on a globe, because there's a curve, Africa is way bigger than it is on a flat map. And um, I've seen a lot of memes of people just memeing up how big Africa really is and how that's like disturbing mm. to Westerners. <laughs> yeah there's some good memes same thing with South America right that is the problem with having any sort of taking any sphere and trying to put it on a flat globe I actually let me see if I can find it I saw a Vox article that was actually about this where they took like a beach ball sort of a thing that had the earth printed on it and they showed how you can't just you know, make it flat. Yeah. Let's see how that works. Yeah, they put out a video three years ago why all world maps are wrong. And it's the reason why people had actual globes before, because it's a sphere. You can actually see the scale of it. That's the problem with a map, though. You can't really do proportions well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also why some of them have switched to the... Oh, what was it called? The style of map where it has, like, the the cutouts at the top and the bottom. So it's not a perfect square. It tries to account for the curvature by sort of having empty space instead. Yeah. But even those aren't perfect. They're just slightly better. And from the way I remember it, they do a better job of showing countries that are close to the equator, like Africa, Central and South America, and like uh, the Asian, some of the Asian country, Asian countries. It does a better job with those, but when you get up further towards the tops, it has the same problem where you know North America, Australia, Russia, Europe, they all end up much smaller than they actually are. So it's like the opposite problem at that point. Did you see the meme I just put in chat? Uh, let me. You know the real size of Africa, and it's just little Africas inside Africa. It's just a bunch of small Africas. <laughs> I remember there was ones like that with Texas too. Oh yeah, and they did the same thing where Texas was just made up of many smaller Texi. <laughs> I like that terminology for it. Uh, so I was watching a video yesterday, Gus Johnson. Okay. He put out, he has a couple of videos that are, like, just him just being stupid in his backyard while his mom films them. They're pretty great. They're, like, very stereotypically, like, perfectly stereotypically Midwestern. Um, and he put out another one yesterday where he apparently, he had a bugle, I think, and he made some comment about how it didn't sound right, and he wanted to play taps or something. And he's like, Mom, make an F sharp. And she's just like, no, I'm not going to. And then he's like, who's in the house? Because they have a piano inside. 
and she says it's the they're having the piano tuned and then he tells them to play a G because the piano's out of tune. Yeah. And apparently F sharp is a half note off from G. That is true. Uh an F sharp so is technically like, also a G flat. Yes. So the I didn't get it at first. I thought he was just being like stupid and shit posting, but apparently he made an actual like clever music pun. Yeah. I was just like, huh. Music theory. Biatch. I learned a thing. Uh. Highly recommend Gus Johnson, though. He's hilarious. Good. He does a bunch of... It's mostly just, like, you know, stupid shitposty sort of stuff, but it's very funny. Shitpost is, like, the genius of our generation, though. Mm-hmm. Um... I saw this one shit post. It was combining a whole bunch of different memes. Um, it was the "Are you winning, son?" meme, and the cake meme, mm-hmm. where the dad's coming through the door and is like, "Are you made out of cake, son?" And then it's the astronaut <laughs> that, like, an astronaut made out of cake, and it says, "Always have been." <laughs> and it just made me realize That's how fucking meta. meta memes have gotten. Yeah. And for that, I'm grateful. Any other news? For like real news, that's all I have. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I saw Batman v Superman the other day. Hmm, how was it? <sighs> Oof. I have many opinions. Oof, that's not great. <laughs> was this the theatrical cut or the Snyder cut? The theatrical cut. I okay. figured I would watch the Snyder Cut somewhere else down the line um, mm. because with this movie, I wanted to see how everybody else saw it, especially now That's that, you know, I'm coming to it late. So I felt like this was two separate movies just drawn on top of each other. Like, there's a good Superman movie in this, and then they just decided to make Batman the fucking villain. Yeah. Especially like... Excuse me. I don't know. I also got really sick of them advertising other DC movies. Mm -hmm. Like, there was this whole sequence of The Flash where they're like, something... I I don't know. I was barely paying attention. The movie was... Pardon me here right now to all the fans. It was too long. Way, way too long. And it felt like it had three different climaxes. And my favorite part of the movie was just one simple shot of uh, Superman grabbing Lois Lane. And like starts off super close. And then like it zoom, like zooms out in like three different parts as they're like swooping down, like decelerating. And you realize just how fucking close to the ground she was from like dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, I don't know. It was a cool shot. I I want more Superman movies to have shots like that, where you get like a scope of That's like cool. how big and superhuman this is. Right. Yeah. But I heard I don't know if it was that one or if it was a different one. I heard that there was a really good Batman fight scene in one of the DC recent DC films. Hmm. 
I think it was in BVS. I don't know which scene. Well, there's a person across. talking. There's a warehouse fight scene, I guess. Oh, yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah. it was. I was watching a video that was talking about specifically, you know, how to write and make a good fight scene. You know, what makes a good fight scene good and what makes bad fight scenes bad. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the ones that they pointed out as a good fight scene as sort of an example. I think, yeah, I remember it. It was a good set piece. And it's it was one of the two like the second climax of the movie, if you ask me. And um yep. I felt like it was just there was so much movie that happened before it that it took away how good the scene was. That I was kind of jaded by the time I got to it. And that's like a big problem I have with this whole movie is that the pacing feels off. Like that's why I kind of want to see what the Snyder cut's all about, because if they're right. if it was just botched editing wise, I could totally believe it. And um, yeah, I also kind of want to see the Snyder Cut of the uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. You see any movies? Um, have I actually? I don't think so. Not lately, really. Huh. Um. Oh, but uh, Rainbow Six has a new update that's coming out that is apparently a collaboration. I guess it's hard to call it a collaboration when you're collaborating with yourself. It has a Splinter Cell tie-in. Okay. They're adding Sam Fisher as his Zero alias as an operator in the game. That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Um, I had one of the patch notes for the test server pulled up here, and the way they always do these is they have the test server up for about a month before the season goes live, and they'll have you know a bunch of different you know things that are fixed, and then they have a known issue section. Uh, one of their known issues is defenders are detected if they spawn at the first floor dining room of the chalet rework and will die during prep phase if they choose to spawn there. Please do not spawn here. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, we know this is a problem. Can you guys just not? <laughs> I just love that. It's one of the things that I like about companies like Ubisoft that are starting to make better efforts from, like, their developer side, at least. Yeah. Where, you know, just, like, little stuff like that. Like, this is an official patch notes release, and it's just, if you spawn here, you will die immediately. We are aware. Please do not spawn here. Oh, what? I also saw you... Because you don't choose your spawns. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, I also saw Eurovision. Uh, world... How's that? <laughs> the world's dumbest competition. It's so stupid. I don't get it. It's a Will... I don't get it. It's a Will Ferrell movie that tries to be like Talladega yeah, yeah. Tal- Nights and Anchorman. Oh, the movie. Yeah. And, um... I think it does it well for, like, the first third of the movie. And there's, like, this one part in the film where... And I'm going to say it right now. If you've seen this movie, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. They just break into a fucking musical number. Like, a music video with all these actual real Eurovision, like, people. that I had no idea who they were. And it was just, like, stupid cameos for the sick cameos. And after that, yeah. the movie just goes to shit. And it was obviously trying to be like a Star is Born because they kept trying to hold, like, 
give us this one song to be like the big like this is the our shallow and you're gonna love it by the end of the movie and it was just boring not that well written of a song if you're like a fan of european dance pop maybe but that's like it yep I just never get the whole premise of Eurovision from the start. Oh, yeah. I I guess I get the premise, but I don't get the appeal. It's got to be something just from being around European culture for too long. Maybe. (laughs) They've had enough world wars, so this is how they decide things. Oh, shit. That's probably it, too. I did like... And this was a subtle thing, I think, as a music listener I picked up. You could tell certain countries of origin from the singers because they would incorporate very uh, musical elements of their country. Like there's a guy from Russia and he sings very Russian, like very much uses Russian melodic uh, ideas. And um, the main characters are from Iceland and they definitely have like a very Nordic sound to their uh, music. Right. Which as a music nerd, I appreciate, but Yeah. It was it was okay. I know it seems like I don't have much to say on it, I, and that's because I saw it like five hours ago. It was that uneventful on me. Sorry, Will Ferrell. He did sing pretty well. I don't know what it is with Wolf. I, we we talked about this before. He needs to do something to get his act together. Yeah, I agree. Someone needs to sit him down and say, God damn, boy, get your shit together. Because mm-hmm. I honestly believe there's a good actor in him. I don't know yet. There's a good comedian in him for sure. Yes. But... A good actor? Eh. I can see him being typecast into certain roles, at least. Yeah, but it always feels like in the movies that he's cast in that he already has a lot of creative freedom and he just chooses to do the same thing every time. Does he have creative freedom? It's, I mean, I guess I don't know, but it seems like it. If you're telling me he's not being bullied by producers to be the same character over and over again... Then I'm gonna freak out, and I will, I will call Will Ferrell right now, actually. So let's see. Started on Saturday Night Live. He's in Austin Powers. Zoolander. Oh, I accidentally found his manager's number. So. I did. Oh yeah. Anchorman. Like, I'm curious, what is the common denominator between all of his Will Ferrell's? Because, but but it's not, though. I mean, it is. It absolutely is. But outside of that, you know, if, if Will Ferrell is the common denominator, then the problem must also be Will Ferrell, right? I guess maybe the, not the problem, but there there's just too much involved yes. there for it to just be a coincidence. I agree. Apparently some of these movies weren't written. Oh no, it's right there. 
So Anchorman and Talladega Nights were both produced by Judd Apatow, both written by Adam McKay, but for Talladega Nights specifically, Will Ferrell is credited okay. as a writer. That probably means he improvised some scenes. In Step Brothers, he is credited as screenplay. Okay. Huh. In The Other Guys, he's a producer. Anchorman 2. What do we have for this one? Producer, writer, Oh, ouch. So I'm pretty sure it's just him. Fucking Will. Holmes and Watson. This will be the nail in the coffin. Produced. He only did produce it, though. Although, that's probably a bad use of his money. Oh, yeah, terrible use of his money. Starring... Who wrote this? Screenplay by Etten Cohen. More of a screenplay adaptation. All right, Eurovision Song Contest, produced and written by Will Ferrell. Ouch. Yeah. So it's just him. I feel like at that point, that's just not Sounds him. like he needs a good manager or someone to just get all the bad ideas away from him. Because it sounds like he gets unchallenged. You know? If he gets, like, the last say in everything, of course he's going to make a lot of bad decisions. He's going to be like George Lucas during The Phantom Menace. I don't know. I feel like... He, at this point, I'm sure he has enough money that he can afford to keep making bad movies that he personally enjoys making. And I guess if he still enjoys making garbage like the Eurovision Song Contest and... God, I don't even have the list pulled up. He, he's done some... Fucking Holmes and Watson, you know, if that's what he likes doing, more power to him. What What if but, this whole time Will Ferrell's been just getting ready to do his own cinematic universe where he does a whole movie where he's just all his characters meeting up at once? <laughs> and it's just called Will Willennium. Willennium. Yes, Willennial. there you go. Millennial man. <laughs> I would die from cringing. <laughs> that would be, in no uncertain terms, absolutely. The Will garbage. Ferrell Cinematic Universe. The WCU. I'd. Uh, I don't know. If this like is just some giant conspiracy by Will Ferrell to kick off some massive project, I would be kind of impressed. He's been, okay, maybe. But at this point, he's been doing this garbage for more yes. than 15 years. You're not M. Night Shyamalan. Just get it over Ouch. with. That's your plan. He's also not Marvel. Nope. I still can't believe that all of those M. Night Shyamalan movies are like actually supposed to be in a cinematic universe. It feels like he, something retroactive. It's just so dumb. Yeah, it really does. It just doesn't seem right. No, M. Night's just like, I want that Marvel money. Um, hmm. I'm kind of going through future movies that are eventually going to release like years from now. And apparently there's going to be a Monster mm -hmm. Hunter movie. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. It's going to be a Nathan Drake movie, too, Jesus. in a million years. You've only been working on it uh, for 10 Minions, at this point. Minions, The Rise of Gru. 
July 2nd, 2021. God, no. Yes. The Rise of Gru? It's a Despicable Me prequel. Is this where it ties in? Because he's... Oh, my God, that's horrifying. The poster? The trailer. There's a trailer already? There's a trailer. Oh, it's God. three minutes. I don't... Oh, my God, no. Don't. Don't Just, do it. I'm going to send you a screenshot of oh, the first frame. This is what they open with. This is the best that they have. Hit me with your best Are you best ready shot. to cringe? I was born cringing. Um, I'm it's going. Up. It's going. It's going. Got my print free cringe on. It's gone. Yep, that's exactly what I saw. That's the movie poster. That is quite possibly the worst thing ever. It is so unesthetically pleasing. For everybody at home, we are looking at a tie-dyed minion. Like, oversized minion. Yeah. It's, like, got braces. It's... Yep. I don't know what it is. But it's a thing. We've also got such movies as, I don't know, I'm just trying to find standouts. It's been so long since we talked about future movies and speculating on their quality. I miss it. So I'm just scrubbing through the trailer here. Yeah. I think I have a pretty good idea of what this movie's about. Okay, hit me. So it looks like either this is young Gru trying to apply to be a superhero and or villain to a group called the Vicious Six... And I'm going to assume he gets rejected, and then he finds the minions, and then they help him either join and or beat the Vicious Six, who are only five at this point. Oh, God. Did you see that trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife? Trailer for what? There's a movie coming out called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know anything about it. Yes. So this actually looks not like complete garbage. I'm confused on what it is. Okay. So apparently, as I understand it, the whole idea of the movie is that a single mother and her two children move. I mean, reading this part from the, the description here, move into a new town. And they move to this new town because they get, like, evicted from their old house. And this is, like, uh, their now-deceased grandfather's old house. So they get rights to the house. They get to live there. It's an old, decrepit mess, but it is literally a place for them to live. So they're in this new small town. And it turns out, as the movie progresses, that their grandfather was one of the Ghostbusters. And this is, like, where he went to retire. And he's got all of the old Ghostbusters technology stuff in the house that the kids eventually find. And they assume it's all just like, you know, he's a fanatic and he was just like, you know, like it's all replicas or stuff like that. And who is this? Uh, Paul Rudd is in it as, you know, um, 
someone who is like an expert on the Ghostbusters because all the Ghostbusters stuff happened like, you know, 30 years ago at this point. And there's a lot of people who just don't believe it happened at all. They think it was all just fake. And he's like an expert on it and had like a real believer sort of a thing. And he gives a presentation or something at the kid's school and they bring in one of the devices that the grandfather had. And he's just like, holy shit, this is the real thing. And the gist is that ghosts, for whatever reason, are starting to appear at this small town, which was why the guy went there in the first place. And it's up to the kids, and led by Paul Rudd, I guess, to sort of form a new ghost-busting team to figure out what's going on and put a stop to it. That I don't know how I feel about that. So, like... let me confirm this real quick. But... It had one of the original Ghostbusters in it. Okay. Cast. It has actually Bill Murray in it as his original character. And How? Dan he hates too. Ghostbusters. Bill Murray is Dr. Peter Venkman. Dan Aykroyd is Dr. Raymond Stans. I know Bill Murray hates and Ghostbusters. And Ernie Hudson. Wilson Ernie Weaver. So, I mean, this has the original people in it. So it has actual pedigree to it. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if it'll be good, but I think it looks interesting. It has a strong premise that makes sense for where to go from there. And I think if it's done right, it could turn out well. I... Yeah, I... I don't know. I am spec like skeptical, but I will be keeping an eye on it. Hmm. This is interesting. This is actually a pretty extensive Wikipedia page. Um, so okay. During the nineteen nineties following the release of Ghostbusters two, Dan Aykroyd wrote a script for a third film tentatively titled Ghostbusters Two Hellbent. The concept had the characters transported to an alternate universe version of Manhattan called Manhelton, where the people and places are hellish versions of Earth with the Ghostbusters meeting and confronting the devil. At the time, Aykroyd stated that the studio was interested, though the principal actors, especially Bill Murray, were not. It featured a new, younger group of Ghostbusters, while Ray, Egan, and Winston struggled to keep their business going upon Peter's relationship becoming serious with Dana. Much of this concept was recycled years, bust, years later for Ghostbusters the video game in 2009. By 2004, movement on a sequel was revisited by the studio, though Bill Murray again expressed his disinterest in the project, stating he dislikes sequels. following year, Ramis confirmed plans to reintroduce Ben Stiller into the principal cast. By 2009, however, deployment of the project had stalled. Ramis and Aykroyd subsequently confirmed that the script calls for a new group of younger Ghostbusters, with the later stating that, sorry, the latter stating that the cast would feature a gender diversity and include new technology used by the titular team. And then nothing happened again until we got the female Ghostbusters, which blah, 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 blah. Um, a new film connected to the original two films, tentatively titled Ghostbusters 3, was revealed in January 2019. Jason Reitman, son of original director Ivan Reitman, was announced to direct from a script he co-wrote with Gil Keenan, while Ivan Reitman will serve as a producer. According to Hollywood Reporter's Boris Kitt, the film will feature teenagers, two boys and two girls, as the new recruits for the titular team. I don't know why they keep saying that. The film was scheduled to be released on Jan July 10th, 2020, but was delayed to March 5th, 2021 due to COVID. Principal photography began in Calgary in July of 2019 ended in October that same year. Say that the film will ignore the events of 2016's Ghostbusters reboot. <laughs> so there you go. That's the gist. I don't know. 
I think it'll be... I think it has potential, and I would not be against going and seeing it. And Bill Murray is confirmed to be reprising his original role, so he must have gotten over his sequel thing. I think it looks interesting. I'm interested in seeing where it goes from there. Um, I don't think it looks like it's going to be nearly like Ghostbusters 2016. One thing that I did mention, though, that I think got cut out was that the uh, new movie is specifically ignoring the events of that the Ghostbusters reboot in 2016. Wow, that is admitting defeat. Yep, so... I still haven't seen that movie. Neither have I. And I have no interest in seeing it either. Yeah. I I don't know. It's the fact they had to get political. And, like, it was obviously done as a political stunt. It was too much, man. Yep. They did confirm in the end of the article that the original cast are are reprising their original roles. So, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, um, Stroney Weaver, etc. Etc. So, yeah. Interesting, to say the least. Do we have anything else to cover, or do you want to call it good for the day? Um... I did want to talk real quick about the song that I linked in the show planning chat. Oh, the Korean lo-fi hip-hop. Yeah. That was hot. It's just so unique. Some god to your piano. It is. I'm pretty sure it's all done digitally, but I don't care. It sounds cool. Yeah. What, uh, so, yeah. what would you like you to... hear something... I mean, what, what, do you, what do you want to say to it? Do you want to recommend it to our audience? Absolutely. Um, what was it? Let me see if I can find it. Let me get the English name for it here. Because I don't read Korean. Shame. Okay. So you call yourself a K-pop stand. It is by an artist of the name Noel. N-E-W-A-I-L-E. And the English name for the song is Everyone Makes Mistakes. Nice. That's a good name so, for it. It's really nice. Very fresh sound. I really like that. And that is what I got. Oh my god. Hmm. On, on Twitter, hashtag RIP Eminem is trending. Okay. And people are just posting pictures of Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, we know for a fact that Eminem is definitely not that dead. No. Well, the the fact that they made that comparison makes me so happy. It's pretty great. We need more trendings like this. I've really got nothing else to um, bring up. So, you want to call it here? Sure. Okay. Well, to a slow news week, each to them all, their own. Here's to a uh, more productive week, I guess. And I want to be yeah. wordy. I am Leaf Miss Orion, and I've been a Schmo. I'm Carl, and I've been a Schmo. And this has been the Two Schmo Show, ladies and gentlemen. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs>